Hi folks, trust is what Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating is all about. Take it from me, Eric Asher. If your AC ever fails, you can trust Burkhardt to be there quick, get you back up and running. If you need a new AC, trust Burkhardt to treat you with respect, to help you save with a fair price, do the job right. As my good friend John Burkhardt always says, trust is the foundation of our business, just ask our customers. For air conditioning this season, trust Burkhardt. Visit acpromise.com, that's acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you. I'm here with my good friend Mike Delahousie of the TikTok Cafe. What'd you say to Eric? Hey, did I ever tell you have like the perfect face for radio? No, Mike, did I ever tell you that you have the perfect 24-hour diner? Hey, bud, no, as a matter of fact, you haven't. That's because you don't. Come on, man, you know that ain't nice. And uh, neither is your help. Oh, man. Then why do you eat here so often? Well, my wife says that I'm a glutton. For punishment. The TikTok Cafe, where the video poker is always hot, 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 Causeway and I-10, better known as the intersection of E. coli and salmonella.
Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6 o'clock, 4 to 6, right here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon. Taking you home each and every weekday afternoon. Uh, also, again, don't forget iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, digital platforms that are free downloads for you. Take the show with you anywhere. NashFM1061.com and EricAsher.com on the World Wide Web. Our podcast is everywhere. Anchor's our home base, but on your favorite podcasting platform. So make sure, again, if you miss any of the program, uh, you can check that out at your leisure on uh, one of your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram or our social media platforms. Uh, this week on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports, Jude Young of CrestedySports.com and 106.1 FM right here, Nash Icon, all access. By the way, he'll be uh, his show tonight follows my show at 6 o'clock. He'll be joining us on the program. Uh, that's Thursday, live broadcast at 1 p.m. on WLAE-TV. Also live streaming on the WLAE-TV YouTube page. And then, of course, 6 p.m. on LAE on Thursday night, 10 o'clock on the Deuce. That's WLA-TV2. Friday night at 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock LAE. Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on, I'm sorry, Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on on the Deuce. And uh, 5 p.m. Saturday afternoon on Pelican Sports Television. Always at ericasher.com. Always on the WLA-TV YouTube page. And always on our social media platforms. Um, On the program today, Brian Lazar of TigerBait.com, who covers the LSU baseball team and football team uh, for um, uh, that great site, Mike Scarborough's site. Um, He's going to join us today. We're going to put a post-mortem on LSU baseball. Look forward to LSU football as well. Larry Holder covers the NFL for the um, athletic. He will join us at 535, and we'll talk to him about that. Uh, We'll start the show today talking a little about what's going on with LSU. In the second hour, we'll talk about um, the fallout and what happened over the weekend with, again, the, uh, the, the takeover, Baton Rouge to New Orleans. We know now that, again, this was a, an, an event, uh, much like we saw last year, where, again, individuals came from Baton Rouge and beyond and took over the streets of New Orleans doing donuts, etc. Got even worse this year, again, with, again, the brandishing of automatic weapons at Cali Open Annunciation. So we'll talk about that um, and the Smart Cities Initiative that the, uh, the mayor is trying to block the city council from investigating uh, that, again, is sure to put up a red flag for the, federal, uh, for, for the federal government, and the feds will possibly investigate there as well. Um, all that coming up here on the program today. Hope you stick around. If you miss any of it, again, check out our podcast on the Anchor Podcast. Well, LSU lost to USM yesterday in Hattiesburg, uh, the Hattiesburg Regional, 8-7 uh, to seven in a winner-take-all game. Um, look, first of all, LSU is not used to being in a super, uh, not, not not being in a super regional, right? But let's face it, this team won 40 games, uh, and as we have become accustomed to in the postseason, um, in true LSU fashion, right? They brought some magic, okay? Uh, the, and, and look, when I, when I think about it, when I kind of put it in perspective, as I was thinking about this last night on how I was going to approach this on the show today after the loss. Uh, I think of the comeback wins against Kennesaw State and, and also USM. And, and again, when you think about some of the great uh, memories uh, in, 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 of LSU baseball, especially in the postseason, uh, I think this is going to go down in LSU folklore alongside some of the great victories in postseason play. Uh, no, they didn't get to a College World Series. No, they didn't win the regional. But uh, there was magic, once again, with LSU baseball in the postseason, at least for a short time. But look, if we're going to be honest about this team, this team was flawed, okay? 
I mean, first of all, the one thing that, that we know, going back to when Skip Burtman, the godfather of, of, of LSU baseball, taught us all, you need quality pitching. And you need at least two dominant starting pitchers. Okay? They, they didn't have it. They just didn't have it this year. Okay? They had to rely on pitching staff by committee all season long. And we knew that they were on the clock. Even getting into the postseason, hoping that they were going to be able to be, play the regional in Baton Rouge, um, the, the miraculous comebacks that we saw against Kennesaw State and USM, uh, they just didn't have the pitching that you knew could get them to Omaha and, 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 be, and possibly win it all. You knew it would be tough for them to get out of this regional, especially with Southern Miss with, again, the, a, a stockpile of pitching that they had. And then, of course, you know, if ultimately you got into a super regional, having to deal once again with, you know, pitching staff by committee. The fielding was not up to LSU standards, okay? Fielding mistakes and errors cost this team throughout the entire season. This could have been, a, you know, a team that won 40, could have won more games if we didn't, again, the, just the mistakes and the fielding errors that we saw that plagued this team all season long. Um, the good news is that Jay Johnson, who again took, took over the helm late, now remember that, okay, is now going to have a full offseason to make the necessary changes. Now whether, again, that is, again, coaching staff or lineup, because I'm not convinced that, again, the coaching staff is not part of the issue here. Look, I understand if you don't have dominant arms, but every one of these guys have been playing baseball since they were in the Little Leagues, right? And fundamentals are, are part of fielding and making sure you don't make fielding mistakes. And we've seen enough good LSU baseball. We've, heck, we've seen enough good baseball here in Louisiana when it comes to college baseball to know the difference between, a, again, a team that's fundamentally sound uh, when it comes to the fielding and, and one that's not. And, again, making uh, guys that, again, that have the ability to make plays but ultimately don't, don't make the plays because they're not fundamentally sound. You could say that's on the player, but I almost look toward the coaching staff. What did you do? Did you do enough to, to get these guys ready? Uh, you know, day in, day out, series in, series out. We'll have to figure out how Jay Johnson feels about that, whether it's the coaching staff or the lineup. But think about this. In, in a short period of time, Johnson was able to piece together a team that won 40 games. It, it, again, this came from the players that he was able to talk into staying, right, at LSU. Then, of course, using the transfer portal uh, to be able to augment the lineup. In some cases, going again, tapping into Arizona where he was, bringing some of the best players off that Arizona team to LSU. But, again, it didn't stop there. He was able to go out and use the transfer portal to his advantage, okay? When you look forward to next year and beyond, he's got the 2022 number one recruiting class waiting in the wings, okay? I mean, that's, that says something already, right? The LSU brand, and we know about the brand, will, will help his success. Look, it means something to those who are going to play college baseball. I don't care where you are. Whether it's a kid from out of state, you can live in California, you can live in Maine. I mean, I, I don't care where you live. Okay? If, if, again, LSU baseball means something to a kid that wants to play college baseball. Okay? Now, if, if, if it's a player who is from Louisiana, it's not a hard sell. Okay? Because in a lot of cases, they've dreamed of, of being on, 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 um, at Bertman Box, right? They, they've dreamed of putting on an LSU uniform. That's an easy sell in a lot of cases for the Louisiana kid. Or maybe even the kid, in, again, in, in, that's coming from the south, especially, again, the southeast. Uh, but you know the LSU brand is going to help success. Okay? That brand is strong. 
So I'm not worried about the baseball team. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the state of, uh, of LSU athletics. Look, yes, there's no doubt. The number one thing we've got to figure out, if, you, if you're, an, if you're a, a supporter of LSU, uh, if, if, again, you're, you're part of the, uh, of, of, um, of the athletic department at LSU, they've got to figure out NIL, right? They've got to be able to figure out how they can compete with SEC schools who have deeper pockets. That's, that's a big thing there, Okay. They got to be able to figure out the transfer portal. So far, if you want to weigh it out, all sports across the board, I think they've done a pretty good job with it. I really do. Now, again, an LSU brand means something, right? But for the most part, I think they've done well. NIL seems to be the big issue here. You know, how can you compete with Texas A&M? How are you going to compete with Texas when 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 they end up in the SEC? You know, uh, obviously there was a bill that went through the state legislature that's going to make it much easier for the universities to get involved here. Uh, whether uh, whether what the NCAA does, does uh, tweaking uh, of the system or not, uh, at least, again, the, the state law is going to put them on a little bit of an e- more even playing field, right? So NIL seems to be the big issue here. But let me say this. It's the coaches that give me hope. It's the coaches, in my opinion, that are the shining light uh, for, for this LSU program, okay? And they give LSU uh, fans hope for the future. Start with Kim Mulkey, okay? Women's basketball program is, is on the way back, okay? Look at the way she was able to rebuild this once powerhouse program back to greatness in just one season. One season, again, in a situation where she had a late start, right? She had to use the transfer portal. Um, obviously, again, a, a, a huge recruiting class for her this, this upcoming season as well. Kim Mulkey, in a very short period of time, uh, has filled the PMAC with, with fans once again who want to see quality women's basketball. Look at Brian Kelly setting the foundation for again, sustained winning and future greatness in football. He may find himself in the same position as Jay Johnson did this year, right? Kind of quickly having to triage the program and set a standard for winning. You know, a team that's probably going to have holes this season, right? But the future is bright because the one thing that that I think most of us that have watched Brian Kelly since he's been at LSU and watched his career, he's a foundation builder. What did I say when they were looking for a head coach for the football team at LSU? I want the next Nick Saban. Now, maybe again in my mind, I was thinking the next young Nick Saban, you know, the guy that came from Michigan State and, and set the foundation uh, for, again, the winning ways we've seen since, again, he was at LSU and then he left LSU. That, again, has led to uh, guys like Les Miles and Ed Ogeron winning national championships, right? I mean, come on. Saban set that foundation. Saban set the standard. You feel the same way about Brian Kelly. There's going to be as a foundation builder. And maybe, again, I thought it might be a younger guy, maybe not a guy, again, of, uh, of his age, but there's no doubt about his prowess and, and his ability to be able to do that. So, yes, this team may have holes in it this year. There's no doubt about it. But you know the future's bright because you know he's going to build a foundation for sustainable winning. Like Matt McMahon, right, 
who took over a basketball program that was mired in an NCAA investigation. We still have no idea what the sanctions are going to be against the basketball program. Have no idea. We don't know if they're going to lose two years of, um, of of eligibility to go to postseason. We don't know if they're going to lose one. We don't know how many scholarships they're going to lose. But yet McMahon took over a program that was involved in this NCAA investigation. The entire roster defected, right? But was able to use the transfer portal, much like Mulkey, much like Kelly, much like Johnson, to rebuild his roster. But in his case, he had to rebuild it from scratch. And to make the Tiger basketball team, again, competitive in this upcoming season. And I say competitive because we don't know. But what we do know on paper is he's done a miraculous job, again, in in getting recruits uh, and getting guys in the transfer portal to be able to commit to LSU basketball with this black cloud still hanging over its head. It's amazing. It really is when you think about it. All four of these coaches have have taken over programs that were once great, and then it fallen off. And then, then, again, did not reach the standards of LSU athletics. But all four coaches in a short period of time have stopped the bleeding, the bleeding, again, of talent. And they've begun the process now of rebuilding these teams, okay? Teams that I believe will be in the mix for national championships in, in the very near future. I mean, it's pretty amazing when you think about it where they were, who were the coaches just a couple years ago, even a year ago, to where they are now. Pretty amazing. I mean, it was a coup to get a Kim Mulkey. At the end of the day, you knew that the Tiger football team was, was going to get one of the best coaches out there. And again, Brian Kelly seems like the, like the right, right fit. McMahon, when it comes to a big majors, again, he's been one of the top coaches there and maybe ready to graduate to, a, a, to an SEC-type situation. And, of course, Jay Johnson, we all know, again, uh, the, the pedigree and the accolades that he got at Arizona. So in a short time now, A.D. Scott Woodward has put together a group of head coaches that instill confidence that LSU will be very, very soon back on top competing for SEC and national championships. And I don't know if you, again, if you felt that way on a consistent basis maybe a couple years ago. Yeah, Will Wade was a, was a great recruiter. And again, seemed to be a pretty good, a pretty good coach. Again, he brought a little enthusiasm back to the PMAC when it came to, to to college basketball. Maybe we haven't seen that since maybe the Dale Brown era. I mean, with all due respect to John Brady, right? But again, it was flawed, constant cloud over his head, and the tapes didn't it didn't help. You can love Wade, you can hate Wade, whatever you are at this point. This feels like, again, a breath of fresh air with McMahon, where you don't have the baggage that's hanging over him. Uh, Ogeron, look, we thank him for the 2019 season. But at the end of the day, he didn't, have, he didn't, he didn't again, continue to be able to work hard to, to, to be able to play off the success that he had in winning that national championship. He let the program slip away. Whether, again, that's, on the, that's in terms of discipline, making sure the kids went to school, or, again, just not doing what it was necessary to do to be able to compete and win in the SEC on, on, in terms of sustained winning. And, 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 and you get Brian Kelly now, a guy that has proven in every stop that he's been that, again, sustainable winning is something he does. What can you say about Kim Mulkey? What a coup that was. I mean, come on. You're talking about a, a Hall of Fame basketball coach coming home. And, and just the excitement that she brings, not just to those that, that, that enjoy women's basketball, but to the entire LSU family, the entire LSU sports program. 
You know, I mean, she's such a big personality um, that she eclipses some of the coaches in some of the other bigger programs. And then, again, Jay Johnson, a quiet, again, demeanor, but a guy that, again, has proven that he can get the job done. All four of co- these coaches in a short time have given LSU fans hope that there are national championships on the horizon, SEC championships on the horizon. And it's happened in a very, very short time. Now, look, it's a different world with a transfer portal. And I've always said that transfer portal swings both ways, right? So you can lose a lot of players, and it can end up hurting you. But, again, if you're a really good recruiter and, and you've got a foundation that's set and, and you can sell your program and you can sell the LSU brand. The LSU brand is not hard to sell. It's a national brand. Then, again, then you should be able to, again, get back, in, get back up and running quickly. It's about sustained success. It's about sustained uh, championship runs. And that's, again, what LSU fans are demanding. And when you look at the four coaches that have taken over these four programs, I think you feel very, very comfortable that, again, the right choices were made. Look, it's a matter of time, right? Uh, Things can go the wrong way. Uh, Injuries can affect the season. We can ultimately, again, see that maybe uh, down the line uh, that maybe these individuals weren't the right picks. But right now, as we stand here today in just a short, with, again, a short sample size, it certainly looks like all four coaches have set up, again, these four programs for success. Give a lot of, pro, a lot, a lot of props to, to Scott Woodward because, again, he's been the mastermind behind the scenes to be able to make this done, to, to get this done. Coming in and, of course, now putting his own signature on the LSU program. He's done it, again, one program at a time. And now, again, it comes time to be able to kind of sit back and say, okay, how good can LSU baseball be next year with a full recruiting class and an opportunity for Jay Johnson to have a full year to be able to rebuild that pitching staff, to rebuild, to rebuild his, um, his, um, his team? How quickly can Brian Kelly take this team back to, again, SEC and national championship-type prominence? You know, can McMahon, this LSU basketball team, a perennial winner, year in, year out, like Dale Brown did during his tenure here in New Orleans. I'm sorry, his tenure at LSU. And then, of course, we already know what Kim Mulkey is, 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 uh, has, has done in, her, in the past and has done in a short period of time at LSU. No, l- ladies and gentlemen, if you're an LSU fan, you might not be feeling too good today because baseball season is over and you know we love college baseball here. But I think you can rest in the fact that when you look at the overall health of the programs and who are heading those programs now, you got to feel pretty good about the future, the future of athletics at LSU. The championships uh, and championship banners, championship trophies will be will be in the trophy case, and championship banners will be will be will be dropped in 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 those stadiums. And I think it's going to happen again very very soon. And kudos to Scott Woodward for being the guy behind the curtain making it all happen. All right. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6 o'clock. Uh, coming up next, Brian Lazar is going to break down the LSU uh, baseball team for us. We'll also take, a, take a, a look at the LSU football team coming up. Don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank, it's pretty easy. You need help, AC breaks down. doesn't matter what time of day or night it is. Give my friends at Burkhardt a call. They'll be there quickly. Talk to you about uh, what happened to me on Memorial Day. Wake up, middle of the night, get, uh, feel like the, you know, the AC is really not, not cooling. Uh, get up the next morning, 
Call Burkhart within three hours. They were at my home. And look, that's not because I'm doing the commercials. That's anybody, right? Within three hours, they were at my home, got, got my AC back up and running, and, of course, cool, cooling since then. It was a little small. It was a capacitor that went, went bad. They didn't have to go to the supply house to get the, get the part. The part was on the truck, ready to go. So they got us up and running quickly. You want emergency service? You want service you can count on? You want to make sure you never gouged or cheated? Call Burkhart. That's acpromise.com. ACpromise.com. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. I'm Eric Asher. We'll be right back. I'm Ken Trahan. And I'm Jude Young. We'll have comprehensive coverage of high school, college, and the pros. Plus, we give you a voice to speak your mind. It's entertainment. It's information. It's all that you could want. And it's right here on 1061 Nash Icon. Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Following Inside New Orleans on 1061 Nash Icon. Country for life. This report is sponsored by LMTA Foundation. Louisiana truckers make life go round. The wheels on the truck make life go round. The good folks driving the big rigs are the link in the supply chain that delivers what we need to make life go round. Thanks, Louisiana truckers. The LMTA Foundation, promoting Louisiana's trucking industry. 10 eastbound, your delays are solid from Williams to Power, and then delays pick back up on 10 eastbound from Orleans to the high-rise. And in the meantime, delays are going to be solid if you're traveling on 10 westbound from North Claiborne to Canal, and then delays pick back up on 10 westbound right at Clearview. On the 610 on the eastbound side, your delays are solid from just past St. Bernard to the 10610 merge. And look out for delays if you're traveling along the eastbound side of the Crescent City connection from before Chapatulas to the Camp Street exit. And look out for an accident, Carondelet at Gerard. I'm at Robinson Broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue. Open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soup, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at BienvenueHarahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Sportsbeat is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring two, count them, two steak nights. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filets. Friday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice ribeyes. Private room available. Sportsbeat is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sportsbeat Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff, and all the sports you can have handled. If you ever have any problems with your air conditioner heating system, you want someone who will be there to help right away. Take it from me, Eric Asher. When it comes to repair, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Burkhardt provides emergency repairs for any brand of cooling and heating system, and you can call them anytime. The team has years of experience, and they know how to get you up and running fast. So when you need help with your AC or heating system, you want someone who will be there right away. Visit Burkhardt at acpromise.com and tell them Eric sent you. 
Oceana Grill, Bourbon at Conti in the French Quarter. Vote a top 10 U.S. restaurant for everyday dining by TripAdvisor. Open seven days a week, home in New Orleans' best breakfast. There's something for everyone on our menu. Serving Cajun Creole dishes that will delight for lunch and dinner. Fantastic cocktails that will amaze. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter courtyard. We have five private rooms that can accommodate from 10 to 120 guests for dining or your next event. Oceana Grill is family-friendly, but perfect for an incredible dining experience with friends or that special someone. Order online for delivery at Oceanagrill.com. Oceana Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. Hey, folks, don't forget about my friends at Southern Tire, Hickory and Airline in Metairie, owned by the Piazza family since 1972. Your one-stop shop for quality auto repairs and best deals on tires. First of all, the largest selection of tires in the metropolitan area, something that will fit everyone's budget, bar none. It uh, doesn't matter what you drive. If you need a new set of wheels, they're the wheel experts. they got wheels and tires up to 30 inches for you, and financing is available. Then how about, how about keeping that, that vehicle on the road? Whether, again, you're involved in, a, in, in, in charge of a fleet uh, with a fleet account for your company, uh, where you got to keep multiple vehicles on, on the road constantly, or, again, maybe it's, again, your, vehicle for, your vehicles for your home, your own personal vehicles. Again, ASC certified technicians, same certification you get at the dealerships. And then, of course, diagnostic equipments that, again, rival the dealerships, that the dealerships envy at times because, again, there's so much of the, the diagnostic equipment, so much modern equipment over at Southern Tire. Uh, it's amazing. And that's something, again, that Tony Piazza and Tony Piazza Sr., Tony Piazza Jr. invested in. They wanted to make sure, again, they have the equipment that's necessary to keep your car on the road. Uh, also, again, those technicians, some of them have been, have been at Southern Tire for decades, okay? And, of course, uh, again, keeping, keeping uh, that, that family-type atmosphere going. A member of the Piazza family will be at, at Southern Tire, whether, again, it's, it's Tony Sr., Tony Jr., Tony's wife, or Tony's daughter. Again, so it's, again, and also, folks, don't forget, at Southern Tire, they'll take care of you today where the other guys want you to leave your car for a day or, or a couple days. They understand, again, what your vehicle means to you, and, again, your time is precious. So, again, they're doing everything they can to get you back on the road immediately. Again, doesn't matter, again, what you drive. Whether, again, you're looking for wheels, tires, or, again, you're looking to be able to have that uh, vehicle uh, back on the road because you're having mechanical issues. Bring it on over to Southern Tire. Hickory and Airline in Metairie will be Monday through Friday from 8 to 6, Saturday from 8 to 3. 504-737-1558 is the number. And, of course, southerntire.com is the website. Check out the website on all the services they provide for their customers. Owned by the Piazza family since 1972, it's Southern Tire, Hickory and Airline in Metairie. All right. Um. Uh, in the second hour, as, as mentioned, we're going to talk a bit about the, um, the lawlessness on the streets of New Orleans over the weekend. Uh, and then Larry Holder is going to join us at 535, and we'll talk some Saints and NFL with him. But right now we turn our attention back to the LSU Tigers, again, um, coming off the regional loss to, the, uh, Southern, uh, to Southern Miss. Uh, and to break it down for us, one of the best we have. Uh, he covers the Tigers for TigerBait.com. Brian Lazar joins us on the program. Brian, how are you? Good, Eric. How are you doing this, this afternoon? Doing great, Brian. Uh, as always, man, really appreciate your time. I love what you do for Tiger Bait. I think, again, you've, you've, been, you've been at this a while, and I, I think that, again, you, you break the Tigers down like nobody else, and very much appreciate your time today. Uh, and no problem. First of all, let's talk about just give me your thoughts on the season as a whole, and then we'll, we'll kind of break down what, when, what's, what's coming next and, and, of course, what we, what we can expect down the line. Well, I think 
give <clears throat> Jay Johnson credit in his first year for getting as much out of this team as he could. When I say out of this team, it's a team which basically <clears throat> had one reliable starting pitcher in Mikhail Higgins. Uh, so you had one reliable starting pitcher and a below-average defense, and LSU was able to, uh, you know, win 40 games this year. They go 40 and 22. Uh, they won 17 games in the SEC. Uh, but, you know, I, I think everything fell about where this team, you know, should have, uh, you know, because of the pitching problems and the defense, the team wasn't going to be a, you know, really a, a national contender or contender for the SEC championship. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't think they were a regional host. I thought they were, pro- they were, were a two seed and, uh, that's what they were. Uh, got a favorable draw and that they went to Southern Miss. I mean, I'm saying favorable, you know, USM's a good team, but it wasn't like LSU's last two regional trips where they had to go to, to uh, Oregon and Oregon state. Uh, so, and you know, they played, uh, you know, played close games. Uh, look (laughs) in essence, uh, you know, LSU played four games and it needed a, two rallies just to win two of the four games. So uh, if you look at this, uh, the the 16 teams that are advancing to the Super Regionals, uh, LSU played 18 games against those 16 teams, and <clears throat> LSU's record in those 18 games, four wins, 14 losses. Wow. So that tells you they're not mm-hmm. – are they one of the 16 best teams in the country? Absolutely not. They played games against, uh, I believe they played games against seven of the teams. Let's see. Let me go off the top of my head. Uh, the four Western Division teams, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and Auburn. Uh, they played Tennessee. Uh, they played USM. They played Texas, and they played Oklahoma. So they played eight of the 16 teams that are still playing and their record was four and 14. So that their, their season, they obviously they're not as good as those teams. So their season should have ended in the regional. That's just where it ended. Talk about the, I guess the, the situation Jay Johnson found himself in when he took this job and took this job kind of late to just to kind of set in perspective again, what he had to deal with and how quickly he had to try to maybe kind of rebuild this roster. Well, I mean, look, the, 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 let's just say Paul Maneri was going to, would have been the coach this year. Uh, the, the pitching staff was an issue. Now, this is what I think the best-case scenario would, would have been this. Uh, you know, Mikhail Hilliard uh, would be a, a weekend starter, and he turned out to be, you know, LSU's best pitcher, the only reliable starting pitcher that they had. Now, I I think that the hope was that Devin Fontenot would get an opportunity to be a starter. Maybe he could be, uh, you know, a weekend guy. Uh, Jay Johnson gave him a chance to be a starter. Couldn't do it. So Fontenot went back to the bullpen. Then the other hope was, you know, last year, LSU used four freshmen quite a bit last year as, as pitchers. That was Ty Floyd, Javen Coleman, uh, uh, Garrett Edwards and Will Helmer. So the hope was, well, let's 
hope that one of those four guys would develop, and then you would have one of those four to go with Hilliard and Fontenot. Not a great starting staff, but at least that would be your best shot. Well, Hilliard was okay. Uh, Floyd was up and down. You know, he didn't really make a lot of progress. No turned out not to be a starter. And the other three freshmen that that threw some last year, Helmers and Edwards, they weren't even in the picture at the end of the year. And uh, Coleman hurt his arm early in the season. And uh, uh, Tommy John surgery, and it's doubtful that he'll even be back next year. When you look at this this team now, uh, and you look at the defections they're going to have in, in this offseason, uh, how, how bad is it going to be in terms of losing talent? Well, let, let's just look. Uh, let's start with the pitching staff first. Uh, you know, Hilliard is out of eligibility, so he's gone. Uh, two guys out of the bullpen, Vitmeyer and Fontenot, they are out of, out of eligibility, so they are gone. So now let's see of the pitchers that are back or or have remaining eligibility that that threw a lot this year. Well, you had Floyd, uh, who is draft eligible. He's a 21-year-old. He will turn 21 within 45 days of the draft, which means he is eligible to be picked. Uh, Razelman and Gervais, two of the guys out of the bullpen, they're both draft eligible. I definitely think that Razelman will sign. I'm not sure about your base, but I think Razelman mm-hmm. will sign. Uh, Bryce Collins, another reliever, he's draft eligible. Uh, the only two pitch, other two pitchers that got double-digit starts were Samuel Dutton and Blake Money. Uh, Money, you know, good early in the year. By the end of the season, he had lost his job and was hardly pitching. And Dutton was a guy who, you know, at most, you were getting him through the lineup one time, and that was it. So there, you know, you say, okay, well, what is there to build on next year? Well, not, not a whole lot from what you got coming back. I mean, you say, you know, you hope Floyd comes back and gets better. There's a starter, but, you know, you hope Dutton gets better, but there's nothing that he showed this year yet. Uh, same thing with money. So you, you're going to have to get it from away from the team. Well, transfer portal, I'm sure LSU is going to be in it hard, certainly looking for a starter, no doubt. They'll be looking for a starting pitcher. Uh, they signed, of, of their 23-person signing class, they signed 11 pitchers, seven high school, four junior college transfers. Uh, of those 11 pitchers, four of them are projected to be the top 100 players in the draft. Well, look, that means top three rounds or so. And in Major League Baseball, if you get picked in the first three rounds, you usually sign them. So it's – I. I it's still iffy. You know, they got Jay Johnson. You know, said, look, it's pretty obvious. You know, Jay said yesterday, he said, look, our pitching's got to get better. And there's no doubt about that. You just just look at the numbers, Eric. Uh, four straight years now, no CWS for LSU. 
that's the first mm-hmm. time that uh, that has happened. You know, the last time LSU went four straight years without going to the C- CWS, Knight was going back to the mid early to mid 80s. It's been 40 years. So uh, it's it's they got they got some work to do. Uh, I, you know, it all starts with the pitching. They got to get better right. pitching. I think transfer portal. Uh, and again, we'll just have to wait and see how hard the draft hits them, hits them with their signees. Now, as far as their position players, uh, you know, Jacob Berry is draft eligible as a yes. sophomore. He will probably sign. Uh, Kay Doty, draft eligible, probably will sign. Uh, you know, Trey Morgan will be back, I'm assuming. Dylan Cruz will be back. Uh, Tyler McManus, the catcher, uh, he's out of eligibility. Uh, you know, Jordan Thompson did not have a good year at shortstop defensively. Uh, where does his future, does they feel like he's good enough to play another position because I'm sure that I'd say LSU's in the market for a shortstop in the transfer. I would board. agree. <laughs> uh, outfielders, uh, you know, look, Gavin Dugas has another year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. Drew Bianco has another year of eligibility. Uh, you know, you, you know that Cruz will be back. Pearson will be back. You know, I would guess and say, you know, Josh Stevenson had his moments as a freshman. So maybe your outfield next year looks like something like Stevenson and left, Cruz and center, Pearson and right. Uh, you know, the, the position, and again, they'll get good enough players, you know, that their lineup will be okay. That won't be an issue. They certainly need a catcher. Defensively, mm-hmm. McManus wasn't the answer. You know, obviously, uh, Malazzo was the catcher. Alex Malazzo was the catcher just because of his defense. And, you know, they lost him early in the year, and, and, and they hurt, were hurt defensively behind the plate. Uh, Malazzo brings you nothing at the plate. So, what, will he, you know, he can be, come back next year. Will he be the catcher? LSU has signed three catchers. Uh, one of them is highly thought of as far as Major League Baseball. So, we'll, look. A lot of question marks. I think you're going to see a huge turnover. Uh, you know, if you say of the 30 players that are on the roster at the end of the year, look, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see anywhere from 15 to 20 not be back next season. Wow. Um, number one recruiting class coming in. Uh, you mentioned there are going to be some players. Obviously, they're going to be scooped up by Major League Baseball. Um, the transfer portal, obviously something that, uh, that Johnson has at his disposal that maybe, again, his predecessors didn't have. Um, and, of course, that'll be huge. But to you, to, and I think to me as well, the, the, they got to be laser-focused on this pitching staff. They, they've got to upgrade this pitching staff uh, in, in, order, in order to be competitive next year. Look, the, the last four years, no CWS. The staff ERA for those four teams ranged anywhere from 4.32 to 4.87. Uh, the three LSU's last three College World Series teams, 2017, 2015, and 2013. Uh, the staff ERA in 
staff ERA in 2015 was 2.98. The staff ERA in 2013 was 2.40. Well, there, there you go. Forget about everything else. Then the starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, in these last four years, LSU has only had three pitchers that have averaged five innings in an appearance the last four years. That was Landon Marceau and A.J. Labus last year and Zach Katz back in 2018. Now, let's look at those three College World Series teams. The 2017 team had three pitchers that averaged at least five innings in appearance. Alex Lang, Jared Poche, and Eric Walker. The 2015 team had two, Alex Lang and Jared Poche. The 2013 team had three, Aaron Nola, Cody Glenn, Ryan Eads. Now, understand this. Where is Alex Lang pitching right now for the Detroit Tigers? Where is Aaron Nola pitching right now for the Philadelphia Phillies? Ryan Eads pitched briefly in the majors. And Jared Poche is simply the winningest pitcher in LSU history. So, again, what's the key to get to Omaha? You've got to have pitching got and you've got to have starting pitching. And yep. LSU, for the last four years, they haven't, the, the pitching has been very mediocre and, and the starting pitching has been very mediocre. Brian, Brian is that because, again, they, they recruit the players and the players are scooped up by the major leagues, or is it just they're not recruiting the quality pitchers that we've seen in the past? Well, let's look at, you know, Landon Marceau. He was highly recruited, you know, highly thought of by the major leagues coming out of high school. And he, you know, he was, you know, I, I would say he was okay at LSU, uh, you know. But then the other two pitchers at LSU had signed, you know, now they wouldn't would have been on the team this year because they would have been drafted and were drafted, were Cole Henry and Jaden Hill. Now, both Henry and Hill had injury problems at LSU. You know, they both had arm issues, and, and that cut into their time. So if you would have had uh, a Jaden Hill for all his time at LSU healthy and Cole Henry for all his time at LSU healthy to go along with Marceau and an A.J. Labus, then I think LSU would not have been, you know, would have been a little bit better in these last four years. So they brought those two pitchers to, to campus and signed them in Hill and Henry, but they just, you know, health issues prevented him now look this year i i think that the when lsu signed for this season i really believe that they thought that out of jabin coleman or ty floyd they probably thought both of those guys would really be uh and i'm saying they i'm referring to the previous staff they thought yes. coleman and floyd would probably be guys that as sophomores would be you know major contributors well coleman uh, Tommy John surgery, he's out. And Floyd, through two years, is really, you know, he hasn't uh, stepped up to where you could say he could be, a, you know, a number one or number two pitcher. Any changes to the coaching staff, in your opinion? Uh, possibility. Uh, I don't – I think we'll have to wait a, wait a little bit. But, uh, you know, there, there could be a change, but I'm not sure you hear – you hear a little little things about uh, the staff, but uh, so I think that's a possibility. How confident are you that Jay Johnson can 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 bring this team back to again? What is it, the expectations for LSU uh, every single year, which we know is Omaha? 
Well, look, there's no doubt that, that Johnson has the energy. He's a grinder, and he's very uh, he's very focused on the job. So that's not a question. Considering what he had to work with this year, I thought he did a good job managing the games this year. You know, I thought that was Paul Maneri's biggest strength was as a game manager. When the game starts, he made the right decision. I wondered how Johnson was doing that. I thought, you know, look, Johnson pieced together this pitching staff and made pitching changes. And, you know, he, he had six pitchers this year that made 20 appearances. So, I mean, and, and I think it's another thing. I think these guys in the bullpen were, were exhausted here in the end of May and June. Sure. Uh, but he did enough and pieced things together. And then he had injuries. You know, he lost. Gavin Dugas for a while. He lost Malazzo, who was the starting catcher. You know, Barry, after he broke his finger, wasn't the same. You know, in the regional this week at Southern Miss, uh, I think he had, he had five hits but only drove in one run. So I don't think he was the same after he broke the finger. But, you know, I, I thought he, he, did, he did a good job managing the team during the mm-hmm. games. and uh, The team played hard. Uh, I think it was, it was an adjustment for him to come into the SEC, but I think he, he did fine. Uh, now it's a matter of uh, recruiting. And this is what you worry about, and this happens to every coach at LSU. Uh, you sign these great classes, yep. but you you got to understand you not – the, the highly rated kids, it's the good players who aren't going to sign professionally. Those are the ones you got to get. And, yep, no uh, you know, that that's, you know, you, you learn from mistakes. And sometimes I can think when, you know, Turtle Thomas was the assistant coach at LSU, you know, at the end of Skip and with Smoke there. Uh, and a lot of times he would go and, and sign, you know, these highly thought of players. But if you can't get them to campus, it doesn't do you any good. Look, I don't know if you, Joey Gallo. Okay, starting outfielder mm-hmm. for the Yankees. Yep. LSU signed him out of high school. He never showed up. Yep. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Story, you know, played mm-hmm. for the Rockies and now with the Red Sox. LSU signed him out of high school. He never showed up. So there's, you know, it's – you got to watch the guys that you – you know, it's – you got to get very good players, but ones who are not going to – who are willing to come to college for two or three years. Yeah, and then and you that, that's, develop them. And that's and that's the thing that that's what you're going to see. You know what Johnson's going to do. So the draft, which is not you know this year, the draft begins on July the 17th. So uh, it's no longer during the College World Series. It's, it's right. been pushed back into July. So we got some time to wait to see what happens. And I'm, so I think what's going to happen next is the transfer portal. You know that's mm-hmm. that's where teams are going to be going into for the next few weeks. No doubt. Brian, thanks for the time as always. Great segment with us. A lot of great information. Uh, at BL Door on, on Twitter. And of course, Tiger Bait. Uh, again, a great place to be able to find out everything you need to know about, too, about I'm sorry, LSU Athletics. We'll talk soon, my friend. Thanks so much for the time. Anytime, Eric. Thank you. Brian Lazar, great job. Great segment. Uh, again, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be right back.
Hi, Eric Ash with celebrity chef Scott Craig of Katie. Scott, you have to be excited about Katie's expanded second floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Oppenheim. Southern Tire, family owned and operated since 1972. Southern Tire is your one-stop shop for quality auto repairs and the best deals on tires. Whether it is your personal vehicle or a fleet account, at Southern Tire, we treat your vehicle like our own. At Southern Tire, we have all the latest diagnostic equipment and ASE certified technicians the dealerships have without the dealership prices. Hickory and Airline in Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Contractors, tired of the runaround when you need an insurance quote? At Dave Mead Insurance, we are an independent insurance agency, so we make it easy to get that quote for your next job. We offer general liability, workman's comp, automobile and property insurance, and we will search over 50 insurance companies to get the right policy at the best price. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMeadInsAgency.com. So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day, and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family. So where's the place you should think of? Oceana Grill. And get ready to indulge your palate with the flavor it deserves. From blackened bayou duck to our signature barbecue shrimp, we know how to get you asking for more. Whether it's sitting outside or in our courtyard or kicking back at one of our indoor, unique, vibrant dining rooms, Oceana can make you feel right at home with our friendly staff and our naturally New Orleans cuisine. Oceana Grill, 739 Conti, in the heart of the fun, 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. daily. We know what you're missing in your kitchen. Oceana Grill. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, voted the number one restaurant in Metairie by TripAdvisor. A place where you can enjoy a great meal with family or hanging out with friends watching the game. A mouth-watering menu that has something for everyone. Amazing cocktails and an incredible beer selection. TVs everywhere. You'll never miss a play. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant is unique. The perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. Order online for delivery at BobbyAbears.com. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner at 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. So good. Carla's retiring early next month. We're all going to have to learn to pick up the slack. The dessert-making role at Sawyer's Restaurant deserted. They need a new pastry chef who can souffle like it's a piece of cake. Come on, guys, we got a line out the door. How much longer for those croissants? Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits by conducting interviews on Indeed. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. How do you make the most of your land? If you ask the Wrens, who run with us on a John Deere mower, they tell you... I mow first, then I do all the trimming. But the Hubbards, who work behind the wheel of a John Deere compact tractor, would say... If it's something you want, just go after it and try it. Then there's the Mosers, who may mention from the seat of their John Deere Gator UTV... You can't be all working on play. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deer.com. Nothing runs like a deer. In the market for a generator for your home or your business, think Burkhardt. That's right, Burkhardt, uh, Burkhardt Air Conditioning, Heating Generator, Sales and Service is their business. Uh, first of all, Jason Burkhardt, who's in charge of the division, will come sit down with you, do a consultation, find out what you're looking for for a generator to power up your home or business when electricity goes out. Then again, set you up for a single-day install. That's right. 
financing available with generators low. You get a low note every single month paying that generator off. New install quality, check out the one, one month. That's what they do for everything they install. And, again, that is part of their customer service um, pledge. And, of course, 24-7, 365 emergency service with all the parts you need for your generator at their warehouse. Generator sales and service. Go with the best. It's Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, Generator Sales and Service, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. Broadcasting from the Dudley. If you ever have any problems with your air conditioner heating system, you want someone who will be there to help right away. Take it from me, Eric Asher. When it comes to repair, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Burkhardt provides emergency repairs for any brand of cooling and heating system, and you can call them anytime. The team has years of experience, and they know how to get you up and running fast. So when you need help with your AC or heating system, you want someone who will be there right away. Visit Burkhardt at acpromise.com and tell them Eric sent you. Hey, Eric, welcome to the newly renovated TikTok. Come on in. Quick, close the door, Mike. You're letting the flies out. All right, don't start that again. Hey, look, we've been back operating almost two months now. Yeah, and your sign just says, sorry, we're back open. Stop. Come on. So what do you think about the new paint job and the repaved parking lot? I think you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a... All right, enough is enough. The TikTok Cafe open 24-7 at the intersection of Causeway and I-10 in Metairie. Our 
Back hour number two of Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until six, four to six weekdays right here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon on your radio dial. Also, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, digital platforms, free downloads, take the show with you anywhere. Also, Nash FM 106.1 uh, and ericasher.com on the uh, World Wide Web. Our podcast is, you can say it, you want to say it? No, you say it everywhere. Anchors our home base on your favorite podcasting platform and our social media platforms at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram. Brian Lazar uh, was just masterful in his breakdown of LSU baseball in that last segment. If you came in late, if you did not hear it, uh, I would I would uh, encourage you to check out the um, podcast. We'll put that up about 20 minutes after the program ends today and check out what Brian had to say about uh, LSU baseball uh, present and future. And uh, I thought it was about as good a breakdown as you're going to get. One of the reasons why I wanted to get Brian on today, he's thorough. He knows it inside and out. I was going to ask him about Brian Kelly and the football team. We'll save that for Mike Scarborough on Thursday. But, uh, man, Brian, thanks so much. He did a great job, absolute great job. Hey, looking forward to having Jude Young back on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports this week. He's coming on right after me, right here on 106.1 FM tonight. Check him out. Uh, Always good radio with Jude, who is an encyclopedia of knowledge. He will join us Thursday live broadcast on LA at 1 o'clock p.m., also on the uh, live streaming on WLETV YouTube page at 1 p.m., and then our first rebroadcast on LA at 6 p.m., on Thursday night, 10 o'clock on the Deuce, that's WLA-TV2. Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock, WLAE. Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on the Deuce, Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. And there are other ways to see the show uh, outside of the WLA-TV YouTube page, which, again, uh, is available for you with all the previous uh, previous shows as well as ericasher.com. Uh, WLAE has a... Uh, has a, um, a a third station in which the, the show is shown on, so... Plenty of ways for you to be able to catch the program, and our, and our guest this weekend, uh, this week, pardon me, is, is, is Jude Young. Larry Holder will join us at 5:35 this afternoon, and we'll talk some Saints and NFL with him. But uh, we're we're gonna we're going to um, we're gonna we're gonna shift gears here, and pretty much again like we did um, yesterday, uh, we're gonna talk about what went down this past weekend in the city of New Orleans. First of all, the reaction of, of the mayor who was on a junket, a, another political junket to Reno, Nevada. This time it was the U.S. Conference of Mayors where she got an award uh, for, for, the, for the police department, which is laughable, okay, absolutely laughable. But another political junket to, and again, look, she's done the worldwide tour. She's been, you know, she's like, uh, she's like the, the, the uh, she was on the USS Minnow, right? Uh, she started out on a three-hour tour, and now she's making a world tour, <laughs> only she's not stuck on an island, although we wish she was. Um, her reaction on Twitter was <laughs> just, I, I'm, I'm trying to find the words and, and, and try and trying to be, um, uh, I don't want to say nice at the same time, but it, it was an absolute garbage. Okay. Just rhetoric, absolute rhetoric. Uh, the police chief, what he had to say yesterday. Okay. Borders on stupidity. And I'm gonna tell you why. 
they must really think we're stupid, okay, the people in this city, okay? Or maybe they just know that the citizens of Orleans Parish are so apathetic and so out of touch that they can put out a statement, as she did, or call a press conference like he did, and that everybody's going to eat it up like red beans and rice on a Monday. Well, I'm not eating it up because I'm smarter than that. I want you to think about this for a second, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't realize this until, again, they, uh, until the Internet took over yesterday, and, of course, then the, then the media picked it up. This weekend's takeover by car groups, again, that were burning rubber on the streets in New Orleans that closed off at least four intersections, was planned and publicized. Let me say that again. Planned and publicized. The Baton Rouge police knew about it, okay? The Internet knew about it, okay? This was called the second annual Baton Rouge takeover of New Orleans. But the NOPD did nothing to stop it. Despite all the tough talk last year, remember, by the mayor and the police chief, this will never again happen in Arlene's Parish, okay? Last year was on I-10, remember? Burning rubber on the middle of I-10. They had to stop the, uh, they stopped I-10. And, of course, there were other several intersections also uh, where that happened. This year, it's four different ground-level intersections on, again, which, again, these individuals, these car groups took over and started burning rubber in the streets. The NOPD knew about it but couldn't stop it. Are you surprised? I'm not. We shouldn't be. We have homegrown rubber burners, right, who take over intersections right in front of the NOPD, and nothing is done about it. We have groups on three-wheelers and motorcycles, again, doing tricks, taking over city streets and the interstate, tying up traffic, and the NOPD doesn't respond. Matter of fact, Corey Johnson took a, took a tape, uh, took out his phone one day, going um, leaving Gentilly, and was behind one of these groups, and videoed them all, I mean, for like two or three miles, right? And an NOPD officer's on the side streets watching them pass them. And nothing was done. We've seen them, individuals, again, homegrown in, in areas that are in the city, burning rubber right in front of doing the donuts and burning rubber right in front of the police, and nothing is done. Nothing is done. So this weekend's groups, when you talk about this weekend, we had the groups that were felt, feeling so empowered, okay, they took it to the next level. They brandished automatic weapons, on Annunciation and Calio, okay? For the world to see, TikTok, Twitter, all these social media sites have it, okay? It was like a scene out of Baghdad. It really was. I mean, it's amazing. I'm seeing the bridge. I'm seeing, I'm seeing all the, 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 the buildings there, and I'm thinking to myself, this is New Orleans. This is not Baghdad. But they were flaunting and fly, uh, flaunting these guns for everyone to see. Individuals, again, were stopped at the, at the, at the uh, intersection because they, they couldn't get, a, get around it. My, by the way, my producer included, right? Rudy Dixon was, was in that, was in that uh, traffic jam. And they got the automatic weapons out. And they're videoing that, okay, uh, for, for social media. That's just a stone's throw away from the convention centers, ladies and gentlemen. And what do we get? More tough talk from the mayor and the police chief. For the second year in a row, they are so full of crap. I mean, <laughs> their words mean nothing because they don't back it up with actions. And that's the bottom line. This is an NOPD police chief 
who couldn't even save his own officer who was under attack when his cruiser was being stopped by the crowd and some brazen moron started to jump on the, on the officer's unit, okay, beat on the car with the officer inside. He was outnumbered, and you can see it. He drove away. Now, let me ask you a question, ladies and gentlemen, and this is just an honest question, I, I swear. Do you think for a second that if that happened in Jefferson Parish, if that happened in St. Bernard Parish, if that happened in St. Charles, in St. John, or St. Tammany Parish, that there would not be an epic response with cars from all over responding to an officer in danger? I mean, give me a break. Do you not think there would be a flood of police cars to that area to be able to make sure that that officer got out of there alive and unharmed? Do you not think that it would be a response, an epic response to that? But in Orleans, we get tough talk after the fact, okay, from a chief and a mayor that are out of their leagues. There is no doubt about it. A chief and a mayor that on their watch have seen the largest exodus of veteran police officers in the history of this city. And ladies and gentlemen, let me say this right now. They are not leaving, in some cases, for higher-paying jobs. They are leave, leaving for lateral moves in some cases, in some cases taking, taking less money to go to other police, uh, other police agencies and federal, agencies, federal law enforcement agencies as well. Leaving the NOPD, again, without valuable veteran leadership within the ranks. The consent decree, and I talked about it yesterday, and I'll continue to talk about it because I've talked about it since day one when, when Mitch Landrieu says, I'm inviting the federal government in to have a consent decree. You didn't invite anybody in, okay? He didn't invite anybody in, okay? Danzinger Bridge and the aftermath of Katrina is the reason why the federal government came in with the consent decree, and it was bad news from day one. $55 billion in counting, okay? And, and it has depleted the police force. It's neutered the police force, okay, to the point that now Cantrell finishes off the NOPD where we have 989 officers presently, under 1,000, and by the end of the year expected an all-time low of 898 officers for a force that used to be 16 to 1,700. Think about it for a second. The consent decree has tied the hands of the NOPD and has effectively neutered them, making them report writers instead of crime fighters. And I said this yesterday. It signaled the end of proactive policing in the name of constitutional policing. And since, since 2012, we've seen it dramatically. Day by day, month by month, year by year, the loss of veteran police officers because, again, what the consent decree brought to the city. And look, don't tell me that, again, we're better off today than we were in 2012 when we had a full complement of police officers. We are, we are far from it. And one of the reasons is the consent decree. The other reason is, again, in that leadership at, at, at the top when it comes to, again, from Nagin to Landrew to now Cantrell. Oh, Jesus. I mean, you think about it. $55 million plus spent on the consent decree, hundreds of veteran police officers that are gone, and in that time, cr crime has spiraled out of control. The criminals know the police's hands are tied and that there's not enough police on the streets to deter criminal activities. They know they can do donuts in front of a cop car and nothing's going to happen to them. They know they can jump on an NOPD cruiser endangering an officer and there's going to be no show of force in terms of response to that action. They know they can openly brandish automatic weapons on a public street and no consequences, tying up traffic with motorcycle tricks, and it's ignored by the NOPD. 
where are we living? Is this Mad Max? I mean, seriously, is that where we are right now? I mean, I said this yesterday, it's like a movie. The NOPD will not engage in a chase because the consent decree for, for, forbids it. This mayor forbids it. Okay? So the NOT, NOPD cannot have a show of force if the, if the consent decree forbids it. And it does. They're not showing it. They are, again, have been successfully neutered as a police force. So now you got a police department that, that is on life support. A department that was once 1,700 strong is down to 989 officers. Well below, and will be well below 900 by 2023. They've been neutered and depleted, and the criminals know it. And the criminals now are like a pack of wolves, okay, that are on a feeding frenzy. And the citizens and the visitors to Orleans Parish are the prey. We've seen it, folks. So brazen, so empowered, fearless. They can rob, kill, shoot, maim, carjack, who they see fit, whenever, whenever. Day or night in every single neighborhood in this city. There is not a safe neighborhood anymore. Doesn't matter. I talked about it yesterday. A couple uptown driving back from dinner. They think they're being followed. They didn't do the smart thing, which, again, was to keep driving and don't pull up in front of their house. As soon as they did, they got carjacked and robbed. Talked about the guy in the, in, the, um, in the Irish Channel who wrote on social media the other day that he's done. He, again, he's lived in Irish Channel his whole life. He's got to leave his windows down in his car now so they don't break his windows. And that means, again, doesn't matter what weather it is, his vehicle's going to get wet, it's going get, to get, get, get ruined until he, can, until he can muster up the money to be able to move out of Orleans Parish. And I've said it before, those that have the wherewithal to move will move. Those that can move will move. Okay? The grandmother that was killed at, at, the, at, at the graduation part, at the graduation. Okay, you know, are you kidding me? You can't have a high school graduation without having, again, either, either, either a, uh, uh, a shooting or, again, or, or fights? Come on. We go on and on and on and on carjacking the grandmother who was dragged and lost her arm. Again, uh, dragged so far that, again, her clothing was pulled off of her body. I could go on and on. It's sickening. It's sickening. Wherever, whenever, day or night, in every single neighborhood in this city. The NOPD is no longer feared by criminals. Okay? The only ones in denial are the mayor, who is too busy seeing the world and the country on the taxpayer's dime, or cutting ribbons just so she can get her name on a plaque so people can remember her. Believe me, we are going to remember Latoya Cantrell. Okay? It won't be fond memories at the end of the day, but we're going to remember. And then a police chief who talks tough but it's weak and, and muted. I say it again, ladies and gentlemen. Could you imagine what happened in this city on the, the second year in a row now? Two years in a row. These individuals came into our town and took over. Could you imagine that happening? Could you imagine a police car being jumped on, okay, and being stopped and barricaded by a group of individuals and not a response from other, other policemen in that particular parish? It wouldn't happen in any other parish but in Orleans. It sure wouldn't be happening in the, in the surrounding metropolitan area or probably anywhere else in the state. Neutered, weak, muted. That's the NOPD right now. And yet, the citizens do nothing about it. Yeah, you're outraged, but uh, uh, other than the outrage, maybe on Twitter, Facebook, on social media, complaining, what are you doing about it? The city council try, is trying to do something about it. 
But again, they're, they're being thwarted every step of the way by the mayor. And, they, and again, let's face it. According to the charter, the city council only has so much power. They can do, use their power to a point, but it's the mayor that's the most powerful uh, entity in this, in this city. And when you have bad mayors, it shows. Look at the decline of this city over the last 50 years. Bad mayor after bad mayor after bad mayor. But yet, second year in a row, same stuff, same issues, same issues throughout the entire Cantrell administration with crime, and, and again, no plan to be able to stop it, to thwart it. In the word, uh, words of the who, New Orleans, don't be fooled again. We don't get fooled again. A change it had to come. We knew it all along. We were liberated from the poet song. New Orleans, the North Shore, and worldwide at NashFM1061.com. Country for Life, 1061, Nash Icon. This report is sponsored by Beau Rivage Resort and Casino. Dreamcast Entertainment presents Phenumbula, the Cirque-style extravaganza of the summer. Only at Beau Rivage. It's fun for the whole family. May 28th through June 23rd. Visit BeauRivage.com for tickets. Based on availability, schedule subject to change, plus tax and service fees. Some restrictions may apply. Look out for delays on 10 eastbound from Williams to the airport and delays are solid if you're traveling on 10 eastbound from just past City Park to the high rise. Look out for delays steady on 10 westbound from North Claiborne to Canal and delays pick back up 10 westbound from Bonneville to the airport on the 610 on the eastbound side. Your delays are steady from just before St. Bernard to the 10610 merge. Look out for delays solid if you're traveling eastbound along the West Bank Expressway and the Crescent City connection with backup solid from Stump Boulevard to the Camp Street exit. Also look out for delays if you're traveling westbound along the we along the Pontchartrain Expressway and the West Bank Expressway with delays stretching from the Claiborne Earhart exit to the Terry Parkway exit. And delays pick back up on the westbound side of the West Bank Expressway from just past Ames Boulevard to Avondale. And look out for accidents Carrollton Avenue at Palm and also Michoud at Chef. I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Brandner Traffic Center. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory. 
467 Hickory Avenue. Open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Sportspeed is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring two, count them, two steak nights. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice fillets. Friday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice ribeyes. Private room available. Sportspeed is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sportspeed Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff, and all the sports you can handle. Hi folks, trust is what Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating is all about. Take it from me, Eric Asher. If your AC ever fails, you can trust Burkhardt to be there quick, get you back up and running. If you need a new AC, trust Burkhardt to treat you with respect, to help you save with a fair price, do the job right. As my good friend John Burkhardt always says, trust is the foundation of our business, just ask our customers. For air conditioning this season, trust Burkhardt. Visit acpromise.com, that's acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you. So you're sitting in traffic on I-10, tired of your long work day, and you're dreading cooking dinner for the family. So where's the place you should think of? Oceana Grill. And get ready to indulge your palate with the flavor it deserves. From blackened bayou duck to our signature barbecue shrimp, we know how to get you asking for more. Whether it's sitting outside or in our courtyard or kicking back at one of our indoor, unique, vibrant dining rooms, Oceana can make you feel right at home with our friendly staff and our naturally New Orleans cuisine. Oceana Grill, 739 Conti, in the heart of the fun, 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. daily. We know what you're missing in your kitchen. Oceana Grill. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6. Speaking of not being fooled again, did you know that the mayor is suing the city council in court tomorrow? I mean, do you guys realize that? Do you realize, again, the, the, the mayor of New Orleans is using taxpayer dollars to, to sue the New Orleans city council tomorrow in court? They're trying to block the city council from investigating the so-called Smart Cities Initiative, okay? Uh, now, again, I want to take you back in time for a second. I want to take you back to, again, pre-Katrina. Uh, because it's history repeating itself again. Uh, this was, again, along the same lines of when Greg Meffert, who was, again, in charge, one of the guys who was in, who was in charge of technology and became a, quote-unquote, deputy mayor in the Naked administration, was supposed to bring free Internet to the citizens of New Orleans. Remember, a laptop or a computer on every kid's desk? Do you all remember that? Okay. Uh, Interoperable communication. That was supposed to be in, uh, was supposed to link police police forces, EMS, and and, and um, uh, fire departments uh, from from parish to parish, and ultimately again was nixed because of um, uh, it didn't it wasn't on a Motorola platform, and uh, and and basically again there was some contract fixing that went on there, and of course Mefford ended up in jail, right? Negan ended up in jail, right? Um, it turned out to be a bet, a bet of co- corruption instead of, again, the free Internet and the free, um, the free computers on, on every kid's desk in, 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 in a New Orleans public school. Well, when you look at what happened with Meg, Meg, Mefford and Nagin, uh, the, the Cantrell administration's contract is, 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 with, with Smart Cities Initiative is also being accused of, being, uh, of contract fixing. Okay, Now, that's being alleged. Now, let me, let me ask you this question. 
If you're the mayor of the city of New Orleans, Latoya Cantrell, and you don't have anything to hide with the Smart Cities Initiative, if there is no contract fixing going on, if there was not dirty dealings or backdoor dealings that were involved in this contract, why would you be suing the New Orleans City Council to not let them uh, to allow them to investigate? Why wouldn't you just say, open book, City Council, whatever you need, whatever information you need, here it is, it's yours, do the investigation. I'll be happy for you to investigate it, because if there is any wrongdoing, I want to know. To sue the New Orleans City Council to stop the investigation. Think about that for a second. Now, let me say this. (laughs) I got news for... For, 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 the mayor, for the mayor of New Orleans. And all she got to do is, again, look at recent history, okay? Uh, if she thinks for a second that by filing suit against the city council and maybe thwarting them from getting the information that they want to be able to investigate this contract. By the way, the city council holds the purse strings for the city of New Orleans. They should have all rights to be able to, again, uh, to be able to subpoena any records they want to be able to make sure the contracts are done above board. That's number one. But if she thinks for a second then again, this using city do- taxpayer dollars to be able to sue the, 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 uh, the, the New Orleans City Council is going to stop this? <laughs> I got news for her. The feds are watching, okay? So she may be able to hold off the council, but she won't stop a federal investigation. Ask Ray Nagan. Ask Ray Beffert. So we'll be watching this very, very closely tomorrow on how the judge is going to rule. But what amazes me is, if you're the mayor of New Orleans and there's something, again, that is crooked within your administration, whether you're involved or not, but especially if you're not involved, why would you not have an open book policy? Why don't you have an open door policy? You want the records? Here the records are. Investigate them. Please do. Now, her, she's saying that it's a duplication because the IG is investigating. Hey, as far as we're concerned, the IG can investigate and the council can investigate. Heck, the mayor should be investigating it herself. The big investigation will be when the federal government gets involved. And believe me, you won't, be able to, you won't be able to get out of that as easy as you got out of tax evasion if there is corruption that went on with the Smart Cities Initiative, as it appears to be. All right, don't forget about my friend Dave Miet over Dave Miet Insurance. Uh, I said this yesterday, and, and I just, I, I got to throw bouquets at him, okay? Look, Ida happened, and I, like, like so many people out there, had, 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 had damage. My damage was not as substantial as maybe yours was. But again, I ended up needing a new roof. I needed to get my fence repaired. I had, uh, I had loss of use within, within my home. Travel expenses, again, for, for, um, for um, uh, having to evacuate. And when I first went to the insurance company, as usual, they put up roadblocks. Dave Miet was with me every step of the way. Again, guiding me through the supplemental claim process and, again, assuring me that, again, that, that if, if one step was thwarted, then, again, they had another step that we could take in order to be able, again, be, be, be made whole. And it worked. Uh, my insurance company paid off. My wife and I are happy with, again, the settlement that we got. We didn't have to go to court. We didn't have to get an outside uh, company to come in to be able to check it out. I had Dave Miet. That's service after the sale, ladies and gentlemen. That's, again, making sure that, again, not only are you getting the best price for your insurance, but, again, when you need help, again, when something happens and, and uh, it's a time for the insurance company to pay off to have somebody that's got your back. How about a guy that, again, can go through 50 different companies and search for the best policy for the best price for you, for your individual needs, whether, you, again, you're a business owner or, or, again, a homeowner, or, again, you need personal insurance, whether it's car insurance, life insurance. That's Dave Miet. You want to save? Call Dave. You want the kind of experience that I received? Call Dave. 
504-556-0809. D-A-V-E-M-I-L-O-E-T-I-N-S-H-C is the, uh, is the website. Uh, you want a guy that's got you back when, again, when you need uh, help with insurance. Not just, again, getting you the policy and paying the premiums, but I'm talking about help when things go wrong. You get that with Dave Miet. That's Dave Miet Insurance, 504-556-0809. Uh, if you're not happy with your insurance agents or, again, your, your insurance company, give them a try. Give them a try. All right, uh, don't forget about Burkhardt Air Conditioning Heating, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. You need help with your air conditioning system, they're there for you. Uh, it doesn't matter what time of day. doesn't matter if it's a holiday. doesn't matter, folks. They'll be there quickly to be able to get you up and running. Nate certified technicians only doing the work that's necessary. Truly a company you can trust. It's Burkhardt. It's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. We turn our attention back to sports. Larry Holder of The Athletic is our guest. He joins us every Monday on the program. Had, had the big out yesterday, but as always, Larry looking out for me. Jumps on, on the show today. Larry, how you doing, bud? I'm good, E. How are you today, my friend? Doing great, Larry. Thanks for the time, as always, bro. Really appreciate you jumping on on with us on, on a Tuesday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, look, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, I, it's been uh, kind of an interesting day in the NFL uh, with uh, with contracts. Uh, some players deciding to go to, uh, to minicamp, some players not. And, uh, you know, at least the Saints, in that aspect, it doesn't seem like they're running into too many issues on that front where, uh, uh, you know, the deals are kind of being, uh, you know, handled and, and or not handled. But still, yeah, the Saints are not exactly in that problem, which some teams around the league are. For, for those that are just tuning in, maybe just jumping in the car this afternoon on the way home, uh, could, could you enlighten them on, again on, on some of the issues that happened today, some of the things that came up? Right. Uh, well, couple of wide receiver contracts that people are monitoring uh, with, say, the likes of Debo Samuel in San Francisco and D.K. Metcalf with Seattle. You know, they're, uh, uh, they, they're up for uh, contract extensions potentially, and Debo Samuel was at minicamp for the 49ers, and D.K. Metcalf skipped. So that's, I think, something that I think we need to, uh, yep. uh, you know, in, in the NFL people need to monitor because the wide receiver front, has become so chaotic uh, that, uh, you know, wide receivers are trying to cash out. And, you know, I'll, I'll localize it. You know, the Saints don't have that problem with wide receivers. But I think that's also part of the strategy in the sense of, man, they better go out and draft a guy that – and first round, I mean, you have five years of, uh, you know, of protection with, with Chris Olave. So I think that's – a lot of teams saw and are seeing – how much this, this receiver market has kind of jumped. And the fact that the Saints did that, they, they're able to kind of, uh, you know, have a, we, what we assume is going to be a really good receiver for a smaller cost. Uh, and then when that contract comes up, I'm sure that Michael Thomas is not going to have the same hefty deal that, that yeah. he had beforehand. And it's interesting because, again, you've covered the Saints for so long. The, 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 you can't say the Saints have ever really, really been cheap. If they got a quality player, they pay that player. They try to hold on to that player, especially during during the Peyton era. Uh, they they made uh, Thomas the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, uh, and, and of course they've stuck through that. Even again, even though again he hasn't had the production since that since he got that contract with being injured the last the last two years. Then they get lucky 
with, again, a Jarvis Landry who comes in on a one-year deal that basically, again, is minimal money. Uh, him banking on the opportunity that, again, he can bank in, uh, get a great year this year in New Orleans, either be paid by the New Orleans or have an opportunity to get on the open market next year and to be able to get the kind of money that wide receivers are demanding now, which i got to tell you, right, i got to tell you, Larry, kind of shocks me a little bit. Uh, this was a this was a position that uh, that was really downplayed years and years ago. We know the NFL's turned to more of a passing league now, but again, normally it's the quarterbacks that are the ones that are getting paid. Wide receivers are, 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 are outside of offensive tackles. You think that wide receivers, I think, are the third highest paid players on the offense right now. Am I right on that? Yeah, when you yeah when you look at it in that sense, uh, unless you're Aaron Donald, who just got a monster deal, deserves sure. So uh, he's a generational player, uh, and but no, it, it's. When you looked at the monster money that someone like Christian Kirk got from Jacksonville, you knew, oh, this thing's getting flipped upside down, turned sideways, and all, everything in between. Uh, and then you're seeing all these other deals that, that are coming out. And so, uh, yeah, the Saints, you mentioned it. It's not like they have been cheap when it comes to paying a player in his prime. But, you know, they – they paid Teron Armstead in his prime, Ryan Ramchek in his prime, Marshawn Lattimore, Alvin yep. Kamara, Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. Jari Evans, Drew Brees. Uh, you know, I can go on and on. I'm, I'm sure uh, Cam Jordan. You know, uh, you know anybody who's been a star player in their prime that they want to hang on to, uh, they kept. And uh, they were not going in on the cheap because it's, guess what? The cheap wouldn't have worked. So, uh, you know, and that's uh, – the Saints have been – good and kind of managing you know obviously how much talk is there eric nationally about the cap and the saints how they manage the cap uh but the saints uh specifically back you know we might as well start at 2017 you know they got so so many good players and they were a minimal cost that's why they were able mm-hmm. to keep the run up so much and now yep. they're trying to have to navigate that but still uh you know it, it's something that the saints uh, they compensate. I feel like they do a great job compensating those that should be compensating, and let those walk who need to walk. Even though you might argue, man, they shouldn't have let Trey Hendrickson walk. Well, I mean, look, I think they trust Marcus Davenport. That's a gamble, uh, yes. but you know, I think they've they've done a good job over the years of knowing who to sign long term and who to kind of let by the wayside. Uh, you know, outside of maybe. I mean, Hendrickson is the one exception right now in the immediate just because he's continuing to play so well. But, you know, there's only so much you can do. Marcus Williams, the same thing. There's only so much you can mm-hmm. do. Right. And, and look, I, I agree with you. Two, twofold on, on, on Hendrickson. First of all, I thought they should have re-signed him. But, but again, they had the they had the retirement of Breeze and the dead money coming due. Uh, it was coming off a pandemic year, right, where, again, the, the, the salary cap was turned upside down because, again, the NFL took the losses. So, again, that, that put the Saints a little bit further and in, in, in deeper in debt in terms of the cap. And then, again, he had that recurring back injury, which had given him problems as well. Now, the way – if you look at the contract for Cincinnati where they signed him – the Saints could have afforded the contract, but at the end of the day, they chose to go in another direction and, and sign Marcus Williams, thinking they could keep Marcus Williams here long term. Uh, they realized, I guess, after the fact they couldn't do that, and of course he ends up in Baltimore this year. But look, to, to your point, uh, for the most part, they try to hold on to their homegrown players, uh, especially go, those that, that are very, very productive. Well, it's also a strategy that the good teams do that. Like if a player hits free agency, there's got to be some sort of red flag somewhere. I mean, teams do not 
normally let very good young players walk. If they're doing that, then something should raise your ire, like your spidey sense, seeing like, why are they letting this happen? And so, uh, you know, I think that, uh, uh, you know, and, and I think part of that too is that's why the Saints, like they screwed up going after Jarris Bird a million years ago, but uh, yep. like they they haven't really done that since. Mm-mm. They've they've gone kind of that middle to late free agency run and and have gotten some good deals on players and uh, and they've been productive. So yeah, I, I think that's that's part of it. I mean, if there's a free agent that's getting big time money uh, and the team's not wanting to resign him, to me, that's always a red flag. Why are yes, you doing I agree. that? And it's funny. You always see these teams, quote unquote, win free agency. Well, guess what? They typically don't win in the regular season. I mean, let's mm-hmm. uh, let's be honest. And then if you if you compare and contrast that after two or three years, in a lot of cases, you go back and look, you say, well, maybe they they really didn't win free agency. They just overpaid for a player. That happens constantly, all the yes. time, all over the league. You don't ever see the really good teams have to go do that. No, they, they hold on to their own. <laughs> right, exactly. Or well, Larry, they, the great thing, shrewd. look, great... the Rams got shrewd. You know, they they trade for Von Miller. You know, they mm-hmm. trade for Jalen Ramsey. Now that some of that's risky, but I mean, some sometimes it's some shrewd moves pay off. Right. And, you know, so in in that sense. But but there's also a window now because when you have that much salary that that again you're paying out. Uh, now, good. I, I know they're they're looking at the same thing Saints looking at, right? Uh, within a couple of years, a new TV deal is going to be signed. It's going to explode the, the salary cap, and and they're expecting again by that time again they'll be able to rob Peter to pay Paul. But uh, look, if it back, it backfired on the Saints a little bit, right? With 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 COVID, which they didn't foresee. So I mean, it can it can put it can it can help a team, but also again by doing what they're doing, it can end up being a small window. And if you don't win championships in that small window, then then it's deemed a failure. They won a championship this year, so again, all is good in Los Angeles. Oh yeah, it's it's totally worth it. I mean, the fact that you know they went out and got Matthew Stafford and they got you know Jalen Ramsey, and I mean they rented Von Miller. I mean Von Miller's with right. Buffalo now. Uh, you know they rented Odell Beckham. Uh, you know everything that they've done. Uh, to become a major player. And I think part of it is their market. They needed to become a major sports player in LA. And so they went and did it and they won it. So guess what? Uh, It's all gravy now, uh, you know, at least for the next couple of years, uh, because it's all going to catch up with them. I mean, you know, their lack of draft assets and all this Mm -hmm. stuff, but still, uh, you know, they want it. So it's almost like when the Marlins, uh, I'm trying to think back, you know, in the nineties, they went yep. all in and won a World Series and then gutted the team. And, you know, I, it's like it worked for them, but everyone kind of looks at that franchise as a dumpster. But, I mean, that you know, it's just, hey, in the sense of if you want a championship, it's probably worth it, you know, in the in the short term. Yeah, but the sports psyche of of um, of, of Los Angeles sport fans is very, again, uh, when you look at it, uh, their attention – uh, is, is on, on any sport is very very small if it's not winning championship. So if ultimately they won one and they and they got a, a foothold in in the market, it's going to be hard to hold on to that if it's not sustainable winning. The only two teams in that market that you probably have sustained interest uh, are the Lakers and the Dodgers. Um, so yes. yeah, and and I think that's what you're seeing. That again, might as well localize it. Uh, look, the Pelicans once they started playing pretty well, mm-hmm. got interest. Uh, the Saints, yes. the interest is there. So it's all—it's—it's kind of like 
you know, the, the Saints, even, you know, I, there's certainly still a bunch of local interest, even though they missed the playoffs. But I, mm-hmm. I think they're to a point where they're a well-run organization as opposed to a lot of other organizations in, uh, you know, in, in professional sports. And so, uh, but yeah, it's the Saints uh, are, are still a team that there, there's so much, but they had to build that up. I mean, we're going. We're talking right. about from I mean, the days of oh, I can remember. Yeah, I can remember Lonnie Filco trying to sell these tickets on a Friday so that so that the um, so the games wouldn't be blacked out. Okay, and that wasn't so long ago. That was right before Katrina. So I mean, it's right. not that far. I mean, there's a generation of fans that all they know is Saints winning. There's a lot of us that again know a lot about the Saints losing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, you had to build that kind of trust within your fan base and. You know, it's like the Saints have done that in the last, let's say, what, 16 years? Uh, and then yeah. uh, because there was no trust <laughs> once Katrina hit, obviously. Yeah. You and me know None. that. Zero. There was no trust yeah. within it. Uh, and winning helped build trust. Yes. And, no. uh, like Pelicans, winning gave everybody a case of amnesia on what had happened, what happened a long time before. Now, there's right. no doubt about it. I agree with that. Hey, Larry, one thing I love having you on the program, again, not just your expertise about the Saints, but now, again, you're covering the league while you're covering the NFL, uh, the entire league for the athletic. I read something this past weekend during researching for the show, and the writer talked about the, 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 uh, the offensive lines in the NFC South, and they had the Saints as the second-best offensive line in the South as opposed to the best offensive line in the South. Uh, and had Tampa Bay first. I think it was uh, 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 Carolina was third, and Atlanta, Atlanta brought up the rear. What do you, if you had to rank the offensive lines, would you rank them? How would you rank them? Look, I do think the Saints have question marks, um, and so I think that's probably part of it. Uh, and so if you said – Heads up, like if you went heads up position by position, uh, you know, do I think that, you know, the Saints have a rookie left tackle potentially with, with Trevor Penning? And, uh, you know, I think Ryan Ramchek versus uh, Tristan Werps, that to me is a wash. Werps has been awesome <laughs> in his first two years, you know, and, and I think that's just, uh, you know, what it is. Like, and if you say, hey, all right, center versus center, say Eric McCoy versus Ryan Jensen. You know, I think Ryan Jensen is probably a little bit better Mm -hmm. than McCoy, you know, and we can go on and on about Pete and Ruiz, but the the, the Tampa, they're having two new guards after losing Alex Kappa and Ali Marpet, who retired. Stinney and and, and Mason. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and so when, and Mason, look, he's a, he's a solid player. So I I think when you look, when you look at it in that sense, uh, I think that's probably fair. Uh, I, just because you lost to Ron Armstead if you're the Saints. I mean, that's, you know, if he's healthy, he's, he's one of the greats, but you still lost him. And then your guard play has been shaky. So, look, and, but it, I was going to say, if the Saints weren't two, then we'd have a big beef because mm-hmm. I can tell you, Carolina and Atlanta. Uh, right, they're not great. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. But I would agree with the guard position because again, it is a little shaky. Um, but again, I, I like Eric McCoy at center. Ramshack obviously is, is is one of the best at, at his position. You did lose a Toronto Armstead, but you do have a backup in James Hurst, who again is a you know you know again he's. He's a guy that I think you could fill in, and if you had to go a full season with him at, 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 at left or right tackle, you, you, could, you could make that work. Now, you know, Penning, if he could come in and, and you know, immediately become a very, very good player, maybe there's an upgrade there. Uh, 
but I also like again the the fact they got a, they got a few players there that can that 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 can fill in. Throckmorton seems like he's a pretty good backup at at the guard position. Maybe a guy that can start for you. Um, and uh, you know you've got some you got Ruiz who can who can move from center to guard if necessary. And the same thing with with uh, with McCoy. Yeah, Eric, we're talking about with the Saints have seven offensive linemen that you're not going to feel like you're in trouble with. No. You know, and, no. and even if, say, hey, Landon Young, if he comes back from his injury, he might be eight. You know, so it's yes. the Saints, you know, they have, they're not as star-studded, I guess, as they used to be. But you True. still want to see what you have with Penning and, you know, with uh, – um, if Pete can bounce back and Ruiz can improve, and you know, so it's. But look, I, I can. I'm a. Your eyes are not going to be too zeroed in on McCoy and Ramchek, mm-hmm. but you do have no. three spots where you're probably wondering, hmm, how's that going to be? And that's 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 not totally the norm for the Saints, where you usually feel pretty good about. Yeah, it, it's a transition. There's no doubt about it. Right. For sure. Hey, Larry, always appreciate the time. What you got coming up for us on The Athletic and how folks can subscribe? Absolutely. Uh, Theathletic.com slash NFL. Uh, Theathletic.com slash New Orleans. You know, you could subscribe. Uh, I'm at Larry Holder on Twitter. And, yeah, I'm doing uh, uh, some dives. Uh, you know, I've, I've actually had to do a lot of stuff within internally on our NFL uh, news desk the last few weeks with, with some things going on. But, to, no, I'm, I'm working on some – some dives on offensive line play, uh, defensive uh, pass pr- pressure. So uh, it's going to – it might take me a week or two to get to it just because of, of the way things are going, but mm-hmm. I'm doing some league-wide dives there. Who's improved? Who's regressed? Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's going to be coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, theathletic.com slash NFL. Beautiful. Thanks for the time today. Certainly appreciate it. We'll check in with you next Monday, my friend. All righty. Good talking, my friend. Talk to you next week. You got it. At, at Larry Holder on Twitter, and again, I would I would tell anybody if you love sports uh, and you want again the best writers out there nationally and local, uh, you got to subscribe to the Athletic. And again, uh, go on Larry's page, subscribe on his page. He gets some credit for it, uh, and it keeps everybody employed and happy. That's that's what we like. All right, don't forget about Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. ACPromise.com. ACPromise.com. If you're in the market for a new system for your home or your business, at least Burk- have Burkhardt come out and give you a price. That's all I'm asking. Let us do a sit down with one of the Burkhardt um, um, uh, family members who will probably come out to your home uh, and um, let them tell you about service before and after the sale, uh, the systems that they are, are, are authorized to be able to sell you. And then, of course, again, how they're going to go about, again, installing that system, uh, the modern equipment that they use. And then, of course, again, the word being their bond, uh, the trust that you can have in Burkhart, uh, whether they're servicing your system or installing that system. You want to go with the pros? You want to go with a company you can trust? Have Burkhart come out and give you a price. That's acpromise.com, acpromise.com, Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating. We'll be right back. Hi, Eric Ash with celebrity chef Scott Craig of Katie. Scott, you have to be excited about Katie's expanded second floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Opelie. 
you're in the market for a quality used car, come visit us at Southern Tire Auto Sales. We have a large selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs for every taste and budget. Every pre-owned vehicle on the lot has been carefully inspected for safety and quality. At Southern Tire Auto Sales, we'll only sell you the best used vehicles and we'll never sell you something we wouldn't buy ourselves. Financing is available. Hickory and Airline and Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Dave Miet Insurance is a full-service independent insurance agency since 1958, offering auto, home, life, health, business, and commercial policies, serving the East Bank, West Bank, North Shore, South Shore, and River Parishes. Dave Miet Insurance is your one-stop insurance specialist. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMietInsAgency.com. Eric Ash here with my good friend Mike Delahousie of the TikTok Cafe. Mike, I was craving the best breakfast in tech. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, but they were closed, so I'm back here at the TikTok Cafe instead. You know, that's not nice. Come on, man. You know we aim to please. You got to get a better aim, pal. Stop. You know we never close, huh? Well, neither does the morgue, so what's your point? Ah, you're unbelievable. You know, you got to admit, we've got the best prices in town. Gluten-free? I think you're missing the point, bud. The TikTok Cafe in the heart of Metairie at Causeway and I-10 are better known as the intersection of diabetes and high cholesterol. At Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, their number one priority is treating people right. Take it from me, Eric Asher. It means getting there quickly in an emergency. They'll be on time and do a perfect job. And it means they promise to give everyone a fair price every time. So if you're looking for a better experience from your generator AC company, or you just got a big quote from someone else and you want a second opinion, let the folks at Burkhardt earn your trust and treat you right. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. And tell them Eric sent you. Here's the deal. I've had constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating for years. I've tried a lot of laxatives and fiber supplements, but my symptoms keep coming back. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than two years old. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Avi and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. All right, folks, that's it for me. Thanks so much for tuning in. Certainly appreciate you guys checking out the program. For those that called in, I could take the calls. My apology. I want to thank uh, Brian Lazar and also Larry Holder for joining us on the program. If you missed any of the show today, including, again, Brian Lazar's breakdown of the LSU baseball team, uh, my rant about uh, what, what's going on with, again, leadership in the city, both, again, with the NOPD and the mayor's office, you can check us out with our on, on our podcast. It's on your favorite podcasting platform or on the Anchor platform. That'll be about 20 minutes after the show ends. I want to thank all the great sponsors that sponsor our program. Folks, the only reason this show is on the air is because of the sponsors. The sponsors, again, keep this show on the air. Please go out, support our sponsors that you've done for the last 20 years i very much personally appreciate it the sponsors appreciate it and uh, as always again thank you for supporting those sponsors go to ericasher.com for a slideshow the sponsor sponsor our program you click on the icon of one of the sponsor takes you right to their website 
Everything you need to know about the sponsors right there for you at ericasher.com. Jude Young joins me on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports this week. That's this Thursday. Make sure you check it out. Jude is an encyclopedia of knowledge. Oh, by the way, guess who's coming up next? Jude Young with All Access. So, again, no reason to turn the dial. Keep it right here on 106.1 FM. Also, I want to thank Rudy back at studio, producing the program as always. But most of all, thank you for listening. Thank you for checking out the program. I know you got a lot of choices out there. Thank you for checking out our show. Please spread the word about, again, Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher. It's been a blast, New Orleans. We'll do it all over again tomorrow. So let me chef Scott Craig's back in, back in town. Sean Vazano rejoin us on the program on Wednesday. Brought to you by Katie's. My name is Eric Asher. From the dog kick to the governor. That includes the mayor. They all got to go. Better know that right.